When was the last time you thought about your batteries? I mean, that's what they do, right? Stay unnoticed, unseen, shoved in a battery compartment, and click, your stuff works. But you're going to be thinking about this one. Duracell Optimum, the battery that can make your devices work even better than copper top. Toothbrushes, faster. Screwdrivers, faster. RC cars, yeah, an upgrade without upgrading. So just this one time, do you and your devices a favor and upgrade to the power of Duracell Optimum. Welcome to the Retro Gamers Podcast. I'm here in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, because you know what? It was my birthday last week, and Anthony, I still see the smile on your face. You know, you yep, still took I, too much I joy. Can't. Yep. No, 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 hold on. You took too much joy in what you did. What's happening? All right, so I'm flying in. All right, so I'm flying in people to try and fix the virtual boy. That's costing me a lot of money. So... You know what? I'm going to hang out here. I'm here at WrestleMania weekend. I'm here at Fan Access, and I picked up a lot of stuff already. You know what, Josh? I'm happy you're here. We're going to do the three of us, but I'm out. Check out Talking More Wrestling. Check me out. Check out Victims and Villains. You guys figure out what to do on the show. I'm going to go enjoy WrestleMania. Peace out. Uh, well, it looks like uh, that's pretty much the extent of, how, of what Larry's going to do on the show this week because uh, he's apparently out. Um, Josh, uh, th thanks for showing up because otherwise I'd be doing this solo. <laughs> mm, no problem, man. You know, I, I, I can't leave you high and dry. And I mean, one could argue that you technically upgraded co-hosts. So, you know, you know what? I, who really I, wins in the long run? You know what? I am going to consider this an upgrade because, you know, I think, I think Larry is taking, uh, taking what happened last week a little too harshly. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, but I think this also is like the the first step at me actually taking over all of Larry's shows. I'm, ah. I'm setting setting my sights probably next on better half. Well, I, I'm sure I'm sure Frank would love to have you uh, have you take over for Larry once in a while. But um, anyway, um, everybody, welcome to the Retro Gamers Podcast. Um, Anthony here, and I am joined by. Josh from our uh, one of our favorite uh, podcasts, Victims and Villains. He's been on the show before. Josh, as always, welcome, welcome. What's up? Yeah. So, um, so yeah. What's no? Well, what's happening with you? Let's uh, let's hear what's been going on in your world. Uh, we are uh, as a podcast. We are gearing up to episode two hundred oh, at wow. the end of this month, which is exciting, and. Uh, we are basically going to kind of like restructure our show just a tad bit after episode 200. We just picked up a band out of Florida that is disbanding, that is breaking up, that is going to be providing us with a brand new theme song. And the new theme sounds amazing. Oh, cool. And it really aligns with our message of suicide prevention. And uh, we're basically, after 200, like, we're really starting to hit the ground running to be more serious about our nonprofit status, for one. And we are also introducing some new faces to our show and uh, some more steady faces so or voices, for, for lack of a better word. But basically, we're going to be launching uh, a 
rotation of uh, co-hosts, which is exciting. Oh, that sounds awesome. Uh, now I have to I have to ask. So this band that's making your new your new theme, you said mm-hmm. is breaking up. Now are they break are they breaking up because of the theme that they're making for you, or did, what is that just <laughs> you know coincidental? So actually, last year we had a chance to actually do a music festival, mm-hmm. and I met a guy, met my friend Corey at that festival, and they did a set and. Uh, during their set, they played a song called uh, Prodigal, Don't Be Afraid. And basically the whole course of the song was, like the bridge of the song is, you know, take, basically step back from the multiple ways of suicide that you can perform mm-hmm. and realize that you have value and that you have worth and that just because it looks bad in this season doesn't mean that it's going to look bad in the next season. Mm-hmm. And it really stuck with me. And so like Corey and I, like after, after they had played, like we were almost inseparable for the remainder of that day. Like we just talked so much and then talked so much the, the morning before church the next night, the next day. And, uh, we, we had talked about him. Like he was, he had interest in doing podcast and, um, he came and did our captain Marvel review and that's where they premiered the song so like they they were touring last year and then they had said hey this is basically going to be it for us because they had just lost like all the members of their band right before the tour went and did uh the last couple songs that they had for ep they're planning one more tour and then they're done so it's just basically just like the perfect storm of like all like creative juices and life flowing. That's the reason why, but I really like the song and I really wanted to immortalize the, that the song on the, on like in our universe. So I offered him the chance to have it as a theme song for our, our show. All right. Well, you know, and, and that sounds great. Uh, I'm looking forward to hearing that. And I'm sure all of your listeners are looking forward to hearing that. And um, also, um, Something else to bring up about you guys, and I know, be, uh, you know, I know this obviously because the retro gamers are going to be a part of this next week. But um, uh, you're going to be doing another Hope Station live stream, and we're we're going to be a part of uh, some of those uh, live stream games. Yes, so Hope Station live stream returns April 12th through the 14th, and basically we are doing a 48-hour game stream on our YouTube channel. So if you go to youtube.com forward slash victims and villains, you can experience 48 hours of gaming goodness. We are, we are gaming everything from Nintendo all the way up to, to modern age with steam and stuff along those lines. Um, we have a great crew of streamers that we've worked with in the past. And then we also have, uh, brand new crop of streamers that we're bringing into this fundraiser basically this fundraiser is to raise awareness of suicide prevention and to also raise money to get mental health resources into schools and conventions and we have an all we have awesome giveaways that we're doing this time around we like like last time everything that we we mistaked on last time we're going into prepared this time. Okay. 
All right, cool. I think that'll be, um, you know, and again, uh, the last one that you did, we were, uh, you know, the retro gamers were also a part of it and we had a blast, you know, there, there are very few people I'll wake up for, uh, to game with at 5 AM, uh, even though I get up at 5 AM anyway, uh, but <laughs> it's always, but it's, you know, it's, it, it's always, you know, it's a lot of fun looking forward to doing it again. And yes, you know, um, it's great that you're going to have more giveaway, you know, more or better giveaways this time. And so any of our listeners or people watching who are interested, please, you know, check out next weekend, and we'll be promoting this on our page as well, you know, the Hope Station live stream. But um, be that as it may, I think um, in in memory of Larry, since he has already left us uh, for this oh. episode, um, and again, I think, I, you know, in it was kind of in response to what happened last week for his birthday, where I kind of sort of delivered on a promise that I made last year. Now, I said I was going to do this. Um I told him that I would destroy the Virtual Boy had I won it, and I think what happened was he was um, he actually thought I had either forgotten it or I wasn't going to fulfill that promise. So I think he's just I think he's just licking his wounds a little bit, and you know, uh, based on where he was at the Long Island Sound, he was you know maybe he was having you know a, a funeral on the river or something like that, you know, burial at sea type of thing. Um, so while he cries over the Virtual Boy, we're going to get into the meat of this episode. And um, I just thought it was fitting since last week we saw the demise of one of the biggest flops in the console industry that we would continue that trend and talk about famous franchise flops or get, you know, famous, you know, very well-known gaming franchises that also seem to have uh, a couple of misfires here and there. Um, and, you know, there are many. <laughs> I mean, if you really just want to stick in the the camp of Virtual Boy to start it off there, we could say Mario Tennis. Oh yeah, Mario Te Mario Te Mario Tennis was a disaster. I'm sorry. Uh, as as much as uh, you know, and and La you know, Larry, had you stayed on the show, you would have been able to defend it. But since you're not here, um, I remember Mario Tennis was the game that I actually played on the Virtual Boy with Larry when he brought it over to my house 20 years ago. 20 plus he's like oh you got to play this this game is amazing um literally 60 seconds in uh, you know i'm playing this thing and i'm like this is the worst thing i've ever seen in my life i don't want to ever look at it again um and uh you know and every other you know and every other game i don't think i played that many games on the virtual boy after that but i did like peek in to look at other games and it's just 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 terrible but mario tennis is a very good start not much else to say about it except you're watching a bunch of people in red you know you're playing tennis. It's supposed to be virtual. Not really. <laughs> it doesn't feel that way at all. So, uh, Josh, have you ever played it? I haven't. But I, I will say this, is that I will give props to Nintendo for the concept of the Virtual Boy because they were trying to do something new, trying to do something that set them outside of it. And, look, didn't work. That's all I got to say about it. Yeah, I mean, it's, like, look, it didn't work. I'll respect and, the efforts, but it yeah. didn't work. Well, no, look, I mean, Nintendo is not one to shy away from being innovative, and we can always give them credit for that. They're always trying new things. In fact, they just announced this week that the Nintendo Labo kit that, you know, for the um, Switch that they have, you're actually going to be able to play Super Mario Odyssey and Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild in, v, you know, in VR with the Labo kit. Um, so... <clears throat> Considering how VR is, you know, well, you know, VR isn't like the biggest thing going on in gaming right now. It has it has its small little niche market. 
Um, and everybody seems to be kind of touching it, but nobody's really, I don't think, nobody's really excelling at it yet. But Nintendo now seems to be making their way back into it with the Labo on the Switch, and the Switch is so popular right now that, um, you know what, it may, be, it may be a surprise, and we may actually get something VR from Nintendo that actually works well. Because, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but PlayStation is the only one right now that, outside of, like, mobile devices, that is actually really pushing the whole VR experience, correct? Yeah, I think PSVR is probably the one that, to me, that's really pushing it the most. Everybody else seems to, like, you know, you have the, you have the Oculus here and a couple of other things, but PlayStation's really the one that's the main driver. In fact, I have a, I have a friend of mine who uh, I'm going to visit today who is b- being very insistent about me trying the PSVR. So I'm actually going to be trying it this afternoon for the first time. Um, and uh, I'll have a full report on next week's um, podcast on uh, how the PSVR is. Because I I don't like the concept of VR, but like after Larry explained, like described to me the horrific nature of Resident Evil in mm-hmm. uh, VR, I, I really want to try it. Like just that one game. Yeah. I just want to be able to immerse myself in the horror culture. No, and and me too. I mean, trust me, I'm all about I'm all about horror survival games. So being able to play them in VR sounds interesting to me. But also, um, something else that came out this week is they did a VR test. I don't know if it's a test run or a beta or if it's the actual like just experience. They did a VR run of Iron Man, where Ooh. you step into the Iron Man suit and you get to be Iron Man. And from my understanding, everybody's coming out raving about this, saying. This is like the epitome of what a VR experience should be. And this is going to be the future of um, of gaming. So whatever they did with that Iron Man, uh, whatever that Iron Man experience or game on VR, apparently it's pretty groundbreaking. So I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on VR moving forward, as opposed to going back 20 some odd years to what was the awfulness of the Virtual Boy. And if you want to see... Um, what I did to the Virtual Boy, please go to our YouTube page and check out last week's episode. <laughs> um, yeah, Josh, did you did you see did you see the uh, the destruction? I I have not yet. So like before we were we started recording, we were talking about like catching up on work and you falling behind on work. Yep, I've been focusing so much on like trying to like get back up, but Larry was like, "You got to see it. You got to see it." And I was like, I will as soon as I can. You definitely need to. There's no question about it. But um, let's move on to, you know, we, talk, we talked about Mario Tennis. Virtual Boy, you know, is, is, is dead and buried as far as I'm concerned. I think we can move on to some other franchises that had, uh, had some, you know, not so, not so successful games. Uh, and since you brought up Resident Evil, there was actually one I had on my list for the Resident Evil franchise. Um, there have been a number of games I feel like that have kind of been a miss on Resident Evil. Like we all know that um, after um, when Resident Evil Four came out, they completely changed the format of the gaming for uh, for the game for a while. It went from survival hard to kind of like an action, more action adventure oriented game. Um, and some people didn't sit well with that. Um, but there was a specific game that came out actually that I found really interesting. That was um, that just I don't. It didn't matter how you tried to do this, I feel. It just wasn't going to work. But on they actually created a Resident Evil game for the Game Boy Color. 
Did you do what? you remember this? There was a game on the Game Boy Color called Resident Evil Gaiden. That uh, just does not seem like it would like there are certain games that I don't mm-hmm. care what you say that just don't port well to other systems. Yes. And Resident Evil I feel like is definitely one of those. Well, yeah, true, but I think in terms of porting anything, making a making a survival horror Resident Evil game on a handheld system like the Game Boy Color doesn't sound all that appealing at all. Now, and when you look at it, the graphics are obviously extremely rudimentary. You're talking like, you know, 8 or 16-bit graphics at best um, on a Game Boy Color. I believe it was more 8-bit. So you've got these little 8-bit characters kind of walking around the, on the screen. And then when you see the zombies, there, there, there's nothing menacing about it. Like the coolest thing about Resident Evil on, you know, even the first one on the PlayStation is when that, zo- you know, when the zombies turn around, they even on the PlayStation, they look yeah, they look blocky now. But back then, they looked absolutely gruesome. And you were able to get surprises and all that stuff. But on the Game Boy Color, it was very colorful. It was very cartoony. And the graphics were so simplistic, it was really hard to take seriously. Um, and on top of that, you've got the storyline, which revolved around a zombie outbreak on a luxury cruise liner. <laughs> so so it was it was basically Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan in a Resident Evil version with zombies. So it, yeah, I, I, none of it seemed to jive well. No, that that actually sounds like the plot of a terrible B movie that you would see yeah. on like Mystery Science Theater, right? Or yeah, exactly. Directed by uh, Uwe Boll, if you know who Uwe Boll is. Yeah, um, he's responsible for some of the worst video game movies ever made. Um, and we've actually talked about him at length on a previous episode a very long time ago, uh, but he bears repeating at this point. So yeah, so Resident Evil Gaiden on the Game Boy Color was uh, was one of the first ones on my list that I wanted to uh, wanted to discuss. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Uh, Josh, now that you're fully caffeinated. um, Exactly. Oh, God, that's frightening. Uh, (laughs) Now that you're fully caffeinated. Uh, what, what game? What game do you have on your list? Uh, I'm so I'm actually going to start off with a game that bears a little bit of history between the two of us, and the so like when we met, like we, it was basically like us was we we just started like recording, and then we like our friendship kind of grew out of that. Then mm-hmm. from that grew the idea to do these these uh 
basically like corporate streams between victims and gamers mm-hmm. and the very first like way we would do it is you would basically we would pick a topic of the month and then we would each take a week we would stream that specific game like that specific game that would relate to that theme and yes first one we did was castlevania and first thing it's on my list castlevania 64 what of an course it is game mm-hmm. um it, man like I, I everyone kept telling me how bad the game was and i was like it cannot be that bad at all and like it it it's it's a platform that flows kind of really smoothly up until like the second level and then the game the like the gameplay and like the controls like it just kind of yeah. they almost kind of become like uh it almost seem like they have a stroke to where like it doesn't flow as good as it did in like the first level mm-hmm. uh to where it's like really like wonky in parts and I don't know, like how Castlevania, I feel like, is a good, has good potential, but it's just not always the best, 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 uh, let me try this again. Right there. It's not always the, uh, the greatest executed game in the world. Like it, it, it flows really well as a side shooter, but not necessarily like as like an open world. Well, um, I think what happened, uh, and I, I own Castlevania 64, and I, I, I definitely, I played it. I never finished it. I got through, like, maybe a third of the game before I said, okay, I, I can't suffer through this anymore. Um, I'd, ra- I'd actually prefer that Dracula killed me. But, um, but I remember, first off, I remember watching you stream this way back when. Um, and I think you played for about an hour and could not get past, like, the first major bad guy which was like this giant skeleton and he just kept destroying you and i actually gave you a lot of credit for trying to beat him for a good solid hour before giving up and it had absolutely nothing to do with your gameplay per se but it was just the mechanics of the game were so clunky and glitchy and just like everything about this just did not work and the game in and of itself just looked unfinished so um it's not necessarily that Castlevania can't foray into um, an open world third person perspective like that or 3D perspective. It's just that they didn't really put the effort in the same way they did with like Super Mario 64. <laughs> Super Mario, oh, bless you. Thank you. Super Mario 64 was, you know, very fluid, ran really well, um, and it was fast. For some odd reason, it who, you know, um, the Castlevania game, they just they just couldn't get that you know, that mechanic down and the whole game suffered because of it. Um, and not only, not only that, but they made two of them. Castlevania 64 wasn't the only one. There was also Castlevania legacy of darkness on the N64, which they basically took the same game and just, you know, copy and pasted and then changed, you know, changed, uh, changed the story up a bit and, you know, the levels, but they never, they never fixed all of the problems for the first one. So that one was just as bad yikes like i feel like you should learn from the first one Mm -hmm. and like to be to their credit though like that whole era of video games you are basically transitioning from a 16 platform or 16-bit platform to a three-dimensional one so Mm -hmm. i 
think that transition, like that whole period of transition is really, is really mercury, is really murky if you don't know what you're doing. And I think that like PlayStation games that were coming out at the time that were basically indulging themselves fully into that technology, they worked because that's what they started on. But when you have a lot of developers that are so we used to 8-bit and 16-bit that when you make that transition, it's a little bit harder. And I don't fault them. Like, it's it's kind of one of those things that, like, I don't know. Like, it, it is just they just the controls for it are, like, really wonky. Mm-hmm. No, they really are. And, um, and not only that, PlayStation knew well enough to um you know when they when they made their castlevania game remember before castlevania 64 came out we were treated to probably one of the best if not the best castlevania games of all time which was castlevania symphony of the night that was released on playstation and was released as a 2d side scrolling action adventure everybody loved about castlevania but they made it so well that even though it was on the playstation which was you know obviously parlaying in everything into 3d they kept the core, you know, style of Castlevania, and it turned out to be one of the best games ever made in the franchise. So Nintendo, not, you know, they didn't seize on that format because they were so gung-ho about, we're all about the 64-bit graphics, we're all about the 3D, so we're going to make everything in 3D. Didn't realize that, you know, first and foremost, you need to make a great game. It doesn't necessarily mean it has to be 3D to be a great game. So... Um, definitely a big misstep on them and i'm glad you brought that game up because i was going to if you didn't so (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's like usually like that's my go-to game when people like ask like what's the worst game you've ever played and it's like it's either that or superman 64 and superman 64 i'll like i'll expand on just a little bit later but Mm -hmm. yeah it's usually my go-to game all right well before we get into before we get into that uh, mega turd uh, I'm gonna switch over to, and you know what, Megaturd's a good term to use right now, based on based on the game I'm gonna bring up, which is, um, uh, I don't know if you were a fan of the Duke Nukem series, but there was a no, I okay. I know of it, but like I've never played any of the games. Okay, so Duke Nukem was a first person shooter. It's it's um it's basically one of the um. I guess one of the franchise starters for first-person shooters because, you know, way back when you had Duke Nukem, Wolfenstein, and Doom. Those are like the three most well-known first-person shooters to come onto the market. And Duke Nukem 3D, which came out in, I think, the mid to late 90s, was considered one of the best first-person shooters of its time. So obviously everybody was clamoring for a sequel. Um, so the company 3D Realms, which developed Duke Nukem, um, started working on a game called Duke Nukem Forever. And f- you know what? Forever is the perfect, you know, is the perfect uh, subtitle for this game because that's how long it took to make. And when I say forever, I'm talking 13 years of development. It, it, wait, wait, not only that, it took so long to make that 3D Realms, the company behind Duke Nukem, went out of business before the game was completed. It was actually completed after it was picked up by another company, um, Gearbox, and Gearbox wound up finishing it. Um, However, when the game was finally finished 13 years later, it, it got panned so badly for being such a terrible, terrible game. And 
basically, the idea behind first-person shooters are, you know, you have a big map that you get to walk around. And it's a bit, it, it's it's almost like a first-person open world in a way. Um, like Duke Nukem games, it's like you have a giant map, you go through these different rooms and everything like that. And whatever you find, you find. And, you know, obviously you're searching to, you know, destroy everything you need to, find what you need to, to eventually escape and beat the game. Um, that's the That was the concept of it. This game was more like a linear adventure. It was a first-person shooter basically where you just went from point A to point B, cutscene. Point A to point B, cutscene. There was no real free flow to it. So it it was very so because of that limitation a lot of people didn't like it. But not only was that an issue, but the content in the game was a big issue. And I say this with a perfect example uh, and I'm just going to read something really quickly because in the first few minutes of the game, just to give you the idea on the tone that they wanted to set in this game, in the first few minutes of the game, your character pees into a urinal and then earns an and then earns an achievement for reaching into a toilet and extracting a piece of human feces. Why does the game reward you for doing this? No idea. Um, and they don't explain it at all. And then it goes on to um, other great moments such as a pair of twins performing fellatio on you to Duke Nukem shooting, uh, shooting, uh, shooting women who explode and then making jokes about abortions. Nobody knows exactly what they were thinking when they did this. And Gearbox actually went on record to say that they did not change anything 3D Realms did. All they did was finish the game because they didn't want to be responsible for the backlash that this game was getting once it was released. So, First off, Gearbox should definitely take responsibility for it because they released it. You know, it could have very easily just been put on a shelf and forgotten because let's face it, after 10 years and a company going under trying to develop the game, you could have just brought, you know, put it under, you know, just forgot it ever existed and we would have been done. But they chose to put it out. So, hey, you know what? That was on you. Um, but, yeah. then on but then on top of it, there was just nothing. There were no real redeeming qualities to this game, unless those are you know, unless that type of humor uh, appeals to you, uh, and for that, more power to you. Just not my style. Yeah, I uh, I would not want to play that game after the things that you just talked about. Mm -hmm. And there are sometimes that like some of the just sometimes like something that that is like you're you wait forever isn't oh it doesn't always translate as like living up to the hype it's really hard for for films to or for video games to do that mm -hmm. it's it's kind of almost like you know we went through the like hollywood went to this like phase a couple years ago where they were on this like big nostalgia butt kick where they were green lighting like sequels to films that were like 20 years or, or older but the, like i think while they like they had decent parts